0: welcome back to the grip tape podcast i am your host alicia or aj whichever one and we have another episode today's episode is the first of many and it is the first um interview of this season two so i'm very excited um i don't know if you can tell my voice but like i'm fuming (laughs) um so Today's episode is with a previous challenger, Dyson Chi. I want to give you a little bit of info about him before we actually get into this interview so you can understand a little bit more about his challenge. Anyway, Dyson Chi is an avid snorkeler who, after seeing plastic trash littered on some of his favorite beaches, decided to address this social injustice. In an effort to reduce the use of single-use plastics contributing to plastic pollution in Hawaii, Dyson created Project Ocean, O-C-A-A-N, you know, Ocean, but like periods, O-C, you get it. Okay, Um, which tackles our plastic addiction through education and activism. In total, over 1,800 people have taken up Dyson's challenge to not use single-use plastic straws and instead use stainless steel straws that he distributes. By regularly vigorous, By regularly visiting classrooms and community events, Dyson provides adults and kids alike an opportunity to understand why plastic solution is harmful to both our environment and our health. So far, Dyson presented to more than 2,000 people and gave out over 1,900 stainless steel straws. Dyson is currently collaborating with a coalition of nonprofit organizations to pass a bill that would phase out a variety of single-use plastics in Honolulu, Hawaii. So, that is a little bit about Dyson. Um it doesn't even tap into all of the amazing things that he's doing over in Hawaii and it is beautiful um this interview was really great. Uh, you got to learn more about his project and why he decided to do this and some of the issues that he faced with doing a challenge because yes, we are doing these great challenges, but sometimes it's not as easy as we planned it out to be. So let's jump into this interview and hear more about Dyson's challenge. All right, so let's just hop right into the questions. Um, first, how and why did you get involved with the grip tape?
1: Um, so if I'm being quite frank, um, the reason why I got involved with Grip, Ta- Grip Tape was because I needed funding for my project. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I had an idea that I really, really wanted to pursue, which was um, taking up my project a bit, bit further to be able to visit neighboring islands, right? Coming from Hawaii, um, there's multiple different islands, and it's technically I could just swim over from one island to another, but I'm mm-hmm. not doing that with my equipment. So I needed, you know, be able to purchase airplane tickets to be able to fly over, and also the island that I was going to. Um, in a way, they're more so of an underserved community, um, just because they're more remote, and it's a much smaller community. And mm-hmm. so I really wanted to be able to go there. Um, and of course, right, I needed the funding to do so, had this awesome idea. And then we found out about grip tape. Um, I don't remember exactly where. I found out about grip tape um but i want to say it was through like online social media Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah once i found out about it i was like this is exactly what i'm looking for like this is how i can you know get connected to a large community um be able to secure the funding that i need to be able to visit this neighboring island to be able to share with them why plastic pollution is a problem as well as what they can do about it and you know it just managed to work together
0: wow and let's let's talk more like what go into detail for the audience what was your challenge about and what really sparked that um idea for you
1: mm-hmm. so my challenge was about visiting um tackling the issue of plastic pollution. so mm-hmm. i live um, for people who aren't familiar with hawaii Um, I live on the island of Oahu, where basically like the capital island, we have the majority of the population of the Hawaiian island. And then growing up on Oahu, right, I was able to reach out to people on Oahu. My project that I created, Project Ocean, um, was very Oahu-focused, Oahu-centric. But then I realized that, you know, plastic pollution is a global issue. And it's really important that we all be connected together in this fight because ultimately plastic pollution is washing up on your beach and my beach. It's in your forest and my forest in your backyard and my backyard. So I wanted to be able to reach out further to people who maybe didn't always get this kind of opportunity or this kind of resource. And the island of Molokai um, was one of those islands where they have a much smaller population than us. Um, I suppose you could also consider it much more rural um, than Oahu. And so I was like, okay, this seems like a good place to be able to go, to be able to share my knowledge um, and to get them hyped up about plastic pollution as well and to get them excited about tackling this problem. And so that's really where um, um, the challenge started for me. And that was what I really wanted to do, the challenge.
0: What would you change? Like, is there anything that you did and you're like, dang, like after looking back, like you were like, I wish I would've did this differently. I wish I would've did more of this.
1: First of all, I would say that I wish I had relaxed a bit before I took up the challenge. So what Mm -hmm. actually happened was literally, I think, two days, three days before I did the challenge, I got sick. And like I was coughing, my throat was messed up. And the whole point of me going to Molokai was to do presentations. And I was going to do like five of them in a day. And so because of that, I was like, oh my gosh, like how am I supposed to survive? Which I did survive, but I realized that um, ahead of time, I should have just rested and gotten ready for it rather than scrambling around and trying to make sure everything's put together. Um, Which kind of segues into the second thing that I would have done, which is prepare Mm -hmm. much further ahead of time um, and have all the pieces aligned um, uh, prior because I got lucky the pieces just so happened to fit where I needed them Mm -hmm. but if I could have had that planned ahead of time to have peace of mind I definitely wouldn't have would have taken that yeah
0: I think I talk about that a lot planning um I'm a Mm -hmm. planaholic I um am a hoarder of stationery, so planning is very essential so I totally get where you're coming from um and speaking on the presentations, uh, what would be like three things you would recommend people do when giving a presentation? Whether it's with their challenge or in school or mm-hmm. just general aspects, what are three key tips you would share from your experiences?
1: Okay. So, the most important thing, no matter who you are presenting to, no matter where you are presenting to, is to remember that the presentation isn't about you, it's about the audience. And therefore, the presentation you create, you know, you can share parts of your story. um, You can share your journey and what you've learned. But ultimately, all those have to be audience-centered because if you make it about what's interesting to you, that may not necessarily be what's interesting to the audience. So for example, if I'm doing a presentation to a group of first graders, Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to create as many activities as possible, um, things rather than text, more so things that they can feel and touch and play with because you know, they're much younger, their ability to read words, um, and that kind of, uh, what do you call it? Um, literal, um, being able to work with words and whatnot, is more basic. And so because of that, they learn much better with images and activities and plus they're first graders so you know they have a lot of energy Mm -hmm. have them sit down and read a bunch of texts on like 50 slides they're gonna either go to sleep or they're gonna like be about to explode with energy Mm -hmm. so just to give them you know an outlet to be able to vent their energy and also have fun at the same time is really important so that's like kind of you know knowing your audience audience. that is
0: such a good point Uh, okay i'm ready for number two i'm ready for number two i'm excited now. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, that was the most important one. So we'll (laughs) see whether these next ones are just as exciting. Number two, I guess kind of relates to number one in a way, Um, but it's about making it fun because Mm -hmm. a lot of time, like, especially coming from a science heavy background, I've been to presentations where it's like you have a giant chart with a bunch of lines and a bunch of words and like this one has to, this is like the rate of photosynthesis in salt seawater that's like 40 percent um seawater and then this one's like it's super messy and ugly so what you want to do is you want to stick with images instead of words right there's a saying that what is it what is it one, one, one picture is worth a thousand words something mm-hmm. like that yeah and so take that to heart and whenever possible use images over words because words you can explain yourself whereas if you have an image like boom if it's purposeful and you place it there for a reason then your audience should be able to get that same feeling as well so like for example yeah. if like like my project has to do with plastic pollution so rather than saying fi- we we use approximately 500 million single-use plastic straws in America every single day I can instead put that into bus numbers and be like, that's the equivalent to 172 school buses worth of single-age plastic straws being used every day. Oh, and yes. Show a that. Like, that's way easier for the audience to comprehend and understand.
0: I'm stealing that. I'm so stealing. I've never heard anyone say bus numbers, <laughs> but like, I understand the concept, but no one's ever said the term bus numbers, but it makes so much sense. And, Woo, you don't know how many presentations I have watched and listened to and they have put like paragraphs and paragraphs on their presentations <laughs> when you're already saying it you don't have to put it on there too oh my goodness I'm still in the bus numbers though like that like number one and number two so far we are on a roll because bus numbers is gonna be my new thing y'all gonna <laughs> see bus numbers everywhere it equals this many buses that many oh my gosh yes I'm still in it Yep.
1: yeah there was a, there was the, I took the bus analogy from uh what do you call it, an organization that actually did that with plastic Straws, and I do mm. know that there's other folks who are like, if, if you're just Jeff Bezos, like, this million dollars equals you to buying this million, this many buses every single day, like, it's Whoa. a great way to turn numbers into something that's much more tangible.
0: Yeah, people will grasp it a lot easier. Oh, yes, plus yeah. numbers. Oh, yeah, it's exciting. Presentations <laughs> are going up a level now. <laughs>
1: Awesome. And then, yeah, I would say the final one, um, because the last two were focused on the audience, I'll bring it back to you. It's to have fun. Mm. Like, I don't care what kind of presentation you're doing. Once again, if you don't enjoy it, you're that, that feeling, that vibe, usually the audience can feel it. Like they can tell if you're having a really bad day and you do a really bad and you do a presentation, it's going to come off like this negative vibe. It doesn't feel good. Um, And not only does the audience feel bad, you're going to feel bad. So before you do a presentation, like just think positively. Um, Just know that you're doing this because it's fun or you enjoy it or you have that end goal in mind and aim for that. Don't let that out of your sight. So that's the final one. It's kind of self-maintenance where Mm -hmm. you got to make sure, yeah, that you're enjoying this because if you don't enjoy it. Your energy sets the tone. Yeah. Yeah, everything that you do.
0: I definitely
1: agree. Yeah. That's if if I had to sum it up, that would be uh number one, focus on your audience. Number two, use imagery and analogies. And then number three, stay stoked.
0: Ooh, that's such a tweet. That is such a tweet. I'm tweeting it.
1: (laughs) I'm tweeting it on your behalf.
0: Stay tuned for the tweet. It's coming.
1: Uh, i don't have twitter so i don't have to like hashtag it for instagram so. yeah
0: of course <laughs> okay so this conversation is going great let's keep it going um so how did you budget your grant i think a big issue that a lot of challengers are facing is trying to figure out where to put their funds to and like how to split it between i need a b and c so did you have to budget it and I guess that's what I should ask first. Did you have to budget it? And if so, like, how did you do it?
1: So budgeting the grant um, wasn't a huge problem for me, namely Mm -hmm. because the main thing I needed was just two things. Um, First of all, with the grant, I needed to purchase airplane tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, And then second of all, I needed to purchase transportation. So that's like renting a car once I get there. Um, and then, really, the $500 that I got through Grip Tape fit almost perfectly into that. There was just enough left over where I was able to buy cough drops for myself, and <laughs> it worked out. So, for me, budgeting was a huge problem, um, but if I have to suggest, like, for people who do need help with budgeting... Mm -hmm. try to pick out like what's the most important thing in your project like the one thing that without it your project is going to utterly fall apart and would be totally pointless Um, and then use your budget on that first and then go to B and then go to C Um, I personally yeah like I said didn't have that problem Um, challenge Besides, but that's you know, sick my piece of advice that I would jobs. say. For Did you face who, any other challenges? You um, need to spread out their budgeting a little. Um grab yeah, more things. Yeah, I would spread. say I met yeah. challenges. Um yeah, I agree. The only one that was completely unanticipated was getting sick. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're traveling, you have to smooth out getting um getting a flight there, which there are very few flights that go to Molokai. Um, Mm -hmm. you have to figure out, of course, how you're going to get back. Um, and you have to make sure I had to contact all the people who I was working with to make sure that when I met them or the presentations I did were in between the time that I arrived and the time that I left, which was a pretty small window. And I'm. Luckily, was able to fit five presentations in that window, um, mostly because three of them were at the same school, at their high school. They only have one high school on their island and one traffic light on their island. That's, oh
0: my that's goodness. literally
1: like how, as you can say, rural it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, you know, the logistics and everything, it probably took a good two months to get like just the basics smoothed out. And then you have to figure out, okay, like the specifics of you know, this, I'm going to present to a group of high schoolers and then I'm gonna present to an AP science group. And then after that, I'm going to a group of elementary kids. So you have to tailor each presentation to fit them. Um, but those were expected challenges. Um, those are things that when you go in, um, you have to expect and you have to be ready for. So I was ready for those.
0: Hmm. Well, <laughs> that's really good that you were prepared for it. And yeah, I think um, as just youth in general, we're not really used to all of the challenges that mm-hmm. come with being a challenger. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes we don't know how to face them. So just just hearing that, like you had a different type of um experience, like being sick. That's something like we can we can't all relate to because we didn't all have to speak or do something that actually um, required us to be in front of people. So that's really good. I really want to talk about like your future now or not your future now, the a current state now and your future plans. So mm-hmm. basically how has tape influenced your life after the challenge? Like what did that challenge do for you that has helped you now to what you're doing or plan to do?
1: Mm-hmm. So really, I think the biggest thing that I was able to take away from the Grip Tape Challenge, and this has influenced the majority of my decisions in regarding not only my project, but elsewhere, is understanding which community you're going out to, to serve. Um, really, yeah, to have doing, being a part of the Grip Tape Challenge um, opened my eyes to understanding that different communities work differently, right? I live in a super urban community. Uh, it's not the kind of place that you know everyone on the island because there's almost a million of us, whereas mm. Molokai, it's the kind of island where there's like 7,000 people, you know pretty much everyone who lives on the island, super small, tight, um, tight-knit community, but very friendly and warm too. Mm. And so it g- gave me a new sense of uh, appreciation, I guess, of how each community works, And so I've been very uh, cognizant of that every time I travel outside of Oahu and even when I travel to different communities within Oahu. And so I would say that's one of the biggest um, influences that the Good Day Challenge had on me, like my personal life as well as my project's life.
0: And I also noticed that you have given out over 1,900 stainless steel straws. Now, I, I, everybody from Grip Tape Challenges are all over the country. How could they get connected to your project, um, help spread the message, or um, even like get some stainless steel straws to also share with their communities? What can they do?
1: Um, so first of all, if, you, if they want to connect to me, um, my email is available, so, and my Instagram. Um, my Instagram is D-I-C-E underscore O-N underscore C-H-E-E-S-E, so Dice on Cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my email is C-H-E-E-G um, D-Y-S-O-N at gmail.com, so dyson at gmail.com. Um, welcome to contact me through any of those means. I love collaborating with people Um, and especially, like I said earlier, especially in times like these, it is absolutely critical that we work together. Um, And then in terms of stainless steel straws, yeah, you can just hit me up um, and then I'll figure out a way if you live outside of Oahu, um, maybe there's a way we can ship them to you. Um, There's gotta be some sort of way that I can get you stainless steel straws. So yeah
0: yes oh my gosh thank you thank you thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast thank you for sharing your message thank you for doing what you're doing in your community and helping those around you because without um you like you like there is no future there really is no future and that's the whole message behind your organization and I think that's absolutely powerful so thank you thank you thank you so much for sharing your message
1: No. Thank you so much, Alicia, for having me. This is awesome. Mm I'm so stoked about this.
0: Yes, I'm so excited. So everyone stay tuned for more of what he has coming and make sure you follow him on all his social medias. It'll also be in the show notes. So we will see you guys or talk to you guys next time. So there you have it. Our interview with Dyson She is complete. We talked about his challenge and Project Ocean and lots of other things. We talked about how he prepared for presentations um, in preparation for his challenge. He also included three great key tips to presenting um, for audiences for your challenge or just in general. And those were knowing your audience, making the presentation fun for your audience, audience <laughs> using more images than words and most importantly staying stoked. Um he also shared some budgeting tips, some challenges that he faced during his challenge, some unpredictable like getting sick and then some that you just have to be ready for as far as traveling needs and he also shared why it's so important to understand your community and the future of Project Ocean. And if you want to know more about what he's doing and what he plans to do for um Project Ocean, his community, and other communities. Be sure to check out his social media platforms. They will be also listed down below in the description and show notes. So, um, yeah, be sure to leave us a rating. Let us know what you thought about this interview on our Instagram at Girt Podcast. Um, And let us know if you like the podcast by leaving a five-star review. If it's a bad star review, just send us an email. (laughs) instead and tell us how we can improve seriously okay seriously (laughs) okay that's it for the podcast i will talk to you guys in the next one um which will be next week on tuesday because we're on a schedule and i love it (laughs)